Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take off? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. <sighs> Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Are you yeah. going to get my lucky charms today, Rex? Oh, fuck your lucky charms. I'll get your daily, daily do. <laughs> right in the daily, daily D. <laughs> Welcome to Beer with Buffy. A doodly dilly day. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. That asshole is Josh. This fucking guy. Right here. I mean, he's not <sighs> fucking this guy. It's not... <laughs> We're not gay, but the sex is great. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh... It's really only mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm confused at which beer to drink. All of them. Triple fist that shit. I don't have three hands. Just like you triple fisted me last <laughs> night. That is imagery I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. <laughs> We're not doing that again. <laughs> I'm just hearing the music in my head as I say it. Today we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 10, Amends. Amends. Amen. Third Creature of the Week episode in a row. Yeah, that's okay. I guess. Three in a row is too many to me. That's alright. I mean, it's as good of an episode as any to introduce uh, our first official episode where we are coming out officially... As the cult of Keanu Reeves. Oh, right. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we're going to have an altar and an offering and a sacrifice of pizza rolls. We've yeah. sacrificed a whole bag of pizza rolls. I couldn't make it all the way through them, though. <laughs> Rex sacrificed some taquitos. Uh, we have an altar with his cat on it next to the window. Um, My cat, not Keanu Reeves' cat. We, we did not take a pet. That belongs to Keanu Reeves. We do not need him to kill us. But we dressed him up like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so, yeah, specifically Bill, or Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, they're making another one of those. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't fucking wait. You're fucking welcome. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, because Keanu Reeves is your fucking hero and mine. And I think I think that might be the first movie that we actually have to go to the theater and see together. Yeah. Be excellent <laughs> to each other. Whoa. <laughs> that's our that's how we cap off our prayers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> how about a mom synopsis? Why, thank you, Rex. I'm so glad you asked. And the <laughs> answer is Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Joshua? We don't use real Christmas trees in this house. <laughs> you know I don't like to clean. <laughs> yeah, I love living in filth. You know me. 
Oh man, I wish I could sleep outside like Xander during the holidays just to avoid all the drunken arguments. I don't get drunk. You're the alcoholic here. Well, <laughs> you're the one who guilt trips people for guilty things. And no, nah, I'm just, you know, I'm glad we had this conversation, Mom. You know, once a year. Well, shall I guilt you into telling me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Not that I would know how to do that. <laughs> I've only gained all of this weight because I gave birth to two children and then raised them and kept a roof over their head their entire lives and fed them and I'm still feeding you well into your mid-thirties. And you don't pay any rent, but, you know, you could also not tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, on today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer... Why does Buffy want this dead Christmas tree? And why is she hacking into the ground underneath it? Ugh, she doesn't want the dead Christmas tree. If you were watching in the beginning, she specifically turned it down. She manages to triangulate the location of these harbingers of death or evil or something. Evil, very evil. Um, <laughs> evil, evil harbingers. And we learn of the first evil that is manipulating Angel into either wanting to kill Buffy or killing himself, which also pleases this first evil. So Buffy finds these harbingers of death and she wallops them real good and they scurry off like, no, no, run away, run away, it hurts. Yeah, it's Christmas and we get a lot of bad Irish accents. Did I miss anything, Rex? Nope. Rex, when did you get here? I live here. Rex, when did I get here? Why am I in your house? I ask myself that every fucking time. Yeah, literally every time. Is that how you treat your mother on Christmas? It's not Christmas. That's not what the snow is telling me. <laughs> it's not snowing. <laughs> it's raining quite a lot. Yeah, you're right. I guess you got me there. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest, a free t-shirt contest, till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. If you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's totally a contest! Cold open. Dublin! 1838 Dublin. in the winter. 1838. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my greatest stew I've ever made. I have a very meticulous recipe laid out for it. And you have to use exactly no more and no less 239 beans. Why do you have to use exactly 239 beans? Because if you used even one more... That would be too farty. <laughs> That's actually better than I was expecting. <laughs> Get it? It's because it's not... Uh, right. No, that's... It doesn't work without the accent. Yeah. Too farty, too farty, as in... Yeah, you know, I like bean, it. Beans make you fart. Beans, beans, musical fruit. The more you eat, the more, more you, you toot. That is correct. So... 
Angel's getting his lucky charms. <laughs> oh my god. And then he gets his lucky charms. Okay. So this is supposed to be Dublin 1838, but the top of Angel's lip believes it to be 1970. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because if that's not a 70s stash, I don't know what is. I didn't even know a notice. I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop noticing it. I just couldn't stop thinking about that scene from the Rick and Morty episode with the fucking, where they're making fun of the Lucky Charms commercial. <laughs> oh, you're not going to get me Lucky Squiggles because they're mine and they're not yours and you, you can't have them. And now they're in my stomach and, oh God, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't. Oh, Jesus Christ! You fucking cut me open and you're sucking them out! What the fuck is wrong with you children? I forgot Jesus, shit! This is fucked up! I really need to go back to a rewatch Rick and Morty. I need to rewatch it as well. That, I think, hands down, is one of the funniest fucking things in TV history. Not just in Rick and Morty. TV fucking history. And I know the show gets a bad rap, but uh, go watch Movie Bob's episode of The Big Picture called Why You're Wrong About Pickle Rick. And that sounds really condescending, even just in the title, but it sums up everything that people who hate Rick and Morty need to know about Rick and Morty. Yeah. Oh, definitely. About why it's actually a good show. I mean, honestly, you should be watching uh, Movie Bob's The Big Picture Anyway, all of it, just all of it. He's kind of, I don't, he's got a big enough head. I don't really want to call him a genius, but he's pretty fucking smart. Yeah. He knows his shit. He's an encyclopedia of, um, wow, we're doing free ads for this yeah. guy now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Dublin, dude running down the street, runs into Angel. Angel has a 70s stash. Angel kills him. Uh huh. Flashback to, or flash floor, flash forward. Back to Sunnydale. Down. Un, unflashy backy. Un, unflashy backy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Angel was dreaming, decides he has to leave his house, which I totally get. I generally, if I wake up from a bad dream, I usually just want to get the fuck out of my house. I, that's pretty much how I feel every time I wake up at all. <laughs> I'm awake. Time to get the fuck out. Time to get the fuck out. Yes. And it inevitably takes me far too long. And it gives me a lot of anxiety. Anyway, Angel's having a Wiggins. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, one hell of a Wiggins. Yeah, he runs into Buffy during said Wiggins. And it's awkward as fuck. Yeah. And it only gets more awkward because he sees Daniel, the dude that he killed. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, was it Calendar? No, that's no, later. Yeah, that's later. Um, He sees Daniel standing on the street and then apparently... He just bolts. Yeah. Now, have we have we met Daniel before? Is he a recurring character? No. Or is this no, the first this, time? This we've... is the first time we've seen. Him. So he's just a random victim that they chose to torture him. Yep. In this episode. Yep. Okay. Opening sequence. Yep. Cut to the school where Buffy is telling Xander and Willow about running into Angel and how after he saw Daniel, which she didn't know this, but after she after he saw Daniel, he just bolted. Yeah, and Willow asks if she's brought it up to Giles yet. She has not, and Xander says, hmm, could be that whole killed his girlfriend and tortured him thing. Yeah, Giles is pretty petty when it comes to stuff like that. 
And Buffy turns around and basically just tells him to fuck off. Yeah, very much mirrored how I was feeling at that moment. I was like, Jesus Christ, enough. Yeah. And so they're talking about it being Christmas. Uh, We get a nice little fun fun line here. Willow is Jewish. So Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? And she's like, being Jewish. (laughs) Remember, people, not everyone worships Santa. Yeah. (laughs) You don't worship Santa, Rex? No. I haven't worshipped Santa recently. <laughs> no, we worship Keanu now. Oh, that's right. Yes. All hail the Keanu Santa. Yes. All Santas are here unto forth referred to as Keanu's. Yes. Or <laughs> or Reeves's. I would I would much uh much rather go and sit on, on his lap than some other dude in a costume. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the apparently Xander's tradition is to camp out at night to avoid his family. Uh, Cordy shows up. Cordelia um, really disrespectfully divulged to everybody. She's being really shitty here. And Willow's like, well, you know, I think we need to give her, you know, a lot of leeway because she's been through a rough time or some shit. And she's all about forgiveness now. But I I call bullshit. She's always been this bitter and shitty. Yeah. Like that I would think that her behavior here would be to just ignore Xander. Like seriously, just let the whole fucking thing go already so that both of you can move on. Oh, I, honestly though, ig- outright ignoring Xander and barely acknowledging him on any level would do more to like affect Xander than anything else that she could do. Yeah. Like, that would fuck with his ego more than anything she could do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then Oz busts through the wall and he's like, oh, yeah. And then him and Willow make out like Joss Whedon said, fuck it. I've always wanted to make a porno. Okay, that's not quite how it went down. Yeah, I don't think that's what happens. That's how I remember it. <laughs> that was such a sexy hug. We we got to really talk about what you remember. <laughs> <laughs> do we, Rex? I don't think you make enough money for that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone makes enough money for that. I guarantee. (laughs) I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. So... Oz wants to talk, so they actually go, they leave the group, they go sit in an empty classroom to talk. Willow is not doing well with the convincing of Oz. She's not really handling it well. If he... <laughs> You just wrote a new musical, The Convincing of Oz. <laughs> right. It's the sequel everybody needed. <laughs> but my point being is that if Oz wasn't already game to retry things... Willow would not be helping, like, at all. But Oz Oz says to her, he's not sure how to respond to the, the situation exactly. And he says, but this is what I do know. I miss you. I Like, every second. It's like I lost an arm. Or worse, a torso. A torso, yeah. So, I think I'd be willing to give it a shot. Man, last time I lost a torso, it was devastating. Yeah. Fuck, fucked you up for like three weeks. I still haven't recovered from that entirely. Yeah, I mean, that torso shit's hard to deal with. Well, you know, I 
I started taking vitamins. That's important. I had it's to very pre- important stuff. I had to pre-digest them in like a little a beaker. Because <laughs> I didn't have any intestines or a stomach. <laughs> Pooping was exceptionally difficult. I That sounds like it would be. <laughs> do, do they have apparatuses for that sort of thing? Oh, lots of them. I mean to keep I to keep my heart beating, I just had like a little squeeze ball. <laughs> And that just, that was my heart. Um. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, it was total skeleton crew. I, uh, I don't know <laughs> what you're imagining. <laughs> but all I'm imagining is a head and where the neck goes, two arms and two legs. Yeah, but it's okay because I had a cute new nickname. <laughs> Torso boy, <laughs> or torso less boy, or stick figure. It was stick figure. Yeah. This is not Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to ask Weird Al about that. We need a professional's <sighs> opinion. Weird Al, if you could give us a call at 269-743-0783, that'd be great. And we know you're definitely listening. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I would interview Weird Al. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I think, I think he's basically good enough to be on our show. Anyway, Oz <laughs> and Willow decide they're gonna start being together again. They're super fucking cute. They hug. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, that looked like a really satisfying hug. Right. Hmm. Hmm. The physical acting that these fuckers can do is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to that night tree shopping. Yeah. With Buffy and Joyce. Joyce remains true to form in her backhanded shit-tastic ways of speaking to Buffy. Yep. Yeah. They're looking for a tree. Joyce guilts Buffy into inviting Faith over Mm -hmm. for Christmas Eve. So Joyce is like, do you really want to make Faith spend Christmas Eve all alone in that dingy little apartment? Mm -hmm. Buffy's response, you're still number one with a guilt trip. And she says... I try. Yeah. That is not something to be fucking proud of. That's not fucking okay. That's like, gosh, you're such a gaslighter. I try. And <laughs> I did find it funny, though, because after that, she agreed. Buffy agrees to invite Faith over. Immediately, though, she's like, oh, let's invite Giles. And Joyce just shoots that right the fuck down. Oh, yeah. That pissed me off, too, because uh, she's like. No. Well, maybe we could just call him and ask. No, he doesn't want to spend Christmas with a bunch of girls. And I'm like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. She doesn't want to invite Giles over because they fucked. Yeah. I don't even understand why. Why does Joyce feel so guilty about Faith? I I think she has a little bit of a crush on Faith. Not sexually, but... I think she wants to groom the situation to having faith take over what's that's that's what that's okay. her whole her whole end game is buffy quitting being the slayer i can see that as well i'm gonna say i think that's like 95 percent of the situation but i also think i don't know what's the female equivalent of a man crush she's still got I don't that know if there's a word for that we know she's got this bad boy complex from the band candy episode yep. why wouldn't she also want to associate herself with bad girls and faith very much has a bad girl attitude 
And I suppose that could make some some sort of sense. And I think she's attracted to that. Again, I don't mean sexually for once. Right. I I think she really just likes Faith, um, but not necessarily in a "Hey, I think she's a good influence" kind of way. But in a, she makes me feel like the person I wanted to be, but never could be. So they separate. They they split up to find the right tree. Oh, but also the thing that pissed me off here is why can't you just fucking say what you mean, Joyce? Yeah, exactly. Why do you have to be like, oh, Giles doesn't want to do that? No, you're uncomfortable around Giles since the band candy incident, and that's understandable. Fine. Yeah. So Buffy and Joyce split up to find the right tree or whatnot, and Buffy comes across some dead trees and the music gets all ominous. Yeah, holy shit, that salesman busts down the wall and he's like, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's chugging Kool-Aid and he's like, fuck, there's a lot of Kool-Aid in this episode. <laughs> it's like, you want one? Heck, I'll make it worth your while. He tries to sell her dead trees. I'll give you all of them for a quarter. <laughs> he opens up his coat and he's like, I got dead trees. I got live trees. I got sexy trees. I got bondage trees. Like you need some heroin I'm, trees? I got heroin trees. <laughs> I'm kind of amazed that he didn't end up dead because he did have enough lines to where I thought he was going to be dead later. <laughs> uh, but no, he. This is the only scene he's in. I don't know if I should be appalled that he tried to sell this teenage girl dead trees, <laughs> or kind of impressed. Right? I mean, maybe she wanted it for firewood. I, there could be some legitimate reasons to want to buy a dead tree. No, I. so fun story. Back when I was a young teen, my dad had a pretty big property and he had a massive fire pit and a friend of his sold Christmas trees. Okay. And so every year my dad would get the leftovers for free, like five, six Christmas trees. Nice. That didn't that didn't sell <laughs> the shitty ones. Yeah. Yeah. His friend would bring him over a couple months later. Yeah. My dad would build a fire in the fire pit and then build it in such a way that there would be a space in the center of the fire pit so that, for the tree. So he can stick a whole dead tree. <laughs> yes. Basically plants the tree standing vertical in the fire. And then you let it on fire. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I want to see that. The thing would go up in a whoosh. Yeah. And it'd be like <laughs> a 20 foot fucking tall flame. Nice. Till the fucking pine sap. Oh, man, I haven't had some good pyro uh, nights in a while. It was so awesome. I fucking miss those those days. So just real quick, one time my brother and I had a whole bunch of spare brush out in the backyard and we dumped gasoline on it and then (laughs) stood back about 20 or 30 feet and shot a Roman candle at it. There was a brown circle of probably... (laughs) 15 feet in circumference around the fire pit (laughs) for months afterwards. And my mom was like, what the fuck happened? We were like, I don't know. (laughs) And then a couple years later, we showed her the video. (laughs) Yeah, we we taped it. Oh my God. (laughs) I wish that still existed. I think it does. You have got to find it. I'll dig it up. You have to find it. We have we have to find it. We have to digitize it. We have to fucking share it on Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll have to get it from my brother. But um, luckily, I'm going on a big road trip with him in a week. So, 
Yeah, we need this. This is an important thing. <laughs> awesome. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. So, uh, cut to Angel's brain. Yeah. There's a lot of candles and sand in Angel's brain. There is a lot of candles and sand in Angel's brain. There's also dudes with no eyes. With bloody symbols instead of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it looks like their eyes were cut out and they cut, they carved the symbols into their eyelids. To me, it looked like they, uh, they covered up his eyes with latex and... (laughs) 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 To you, it looked like they had movie magic makeup. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it looked like some poor bastard had to spend hours on a movie set not being able to open his eyes. And that sounds awful. So, next scene is Faith's apartment. Yep. Faith tries to play it all cool. She's banging her TV real hard when Buffy walks hey, in. Hey, percussive maintenance is important. Mm-hmm. A legitimate way of getting old shit to work. I was just trying to be immaturely suggestive. I know, I was killing your joke. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, Buffy is there. She invites Faith over. She plays it off like it's her idea. To invite Faith over. Which was a straight up lie. Right. Yeah. But I think it's okay for a couple of reasons. One, fuck Joyce. Right. Uh, (laughs) But two, if Faith was right about it being Joyce's idea and Joyce was making Buffy ask Faith, Faith would definitely not have gone. It would have cheapened the request and the invitation and she probably wouldn't have shown up. And yeah, that would have just made Faith feel really shitty for no good reason. And the reason... That I think the guilt trip was so bullshit is that I think by this point in time, Buffy has changed her mind and thought it through and said, oh, no, maybe I should invite Faith. Yeah. Well, you know. Because she seems to sincerely at this point want Faith to come over. Yeah. Well, she makes her own decisions. Nobody makes her decisions for her. She wouldn't have gone over there if she had felt like it was a bad idea. So, sure, it was Joyce's original prodding but she was like no that's yeah i should do that yeah so yeah but faith gives her an excuse of there being this party that she was invited to and you can read it all over her that she was never invited to any party. i don't think there's really a party Mm, not that faith couldn't find a party if she fucking wanted to right so buffy likes the christmas lights tis the season motherfucker i plan on doing that this year Yeah? Yeah, put a bunch of Christmas lights throughout the apartment. That sounds very interesting. Cut to Giles' house? Giles' house. And Angel shows up at Giles' house. He busts through the wall and he's like, oh yeah! He's a vampire, he can't bust through the wall. I got some Kool-Aid! And we're gonna drink it! (laughs) Not until after knocking on the door politely, though. Yeah. And apologizing Um, (laughs) for bothering Giles. Okay, I I have their initial conversation. Okay. So Angel goes, sorry to bother you. Giles laughs a little, and then he's like, I'm sorry, that's just kind of funny coming from you. I'm sorry to bother you. Then Angel says, I need your help. And the funny just keeps coming. Yeah. He does explain he doesn't know why he came back from hell. He he needs to know why he came back from hell, because something's going on with that. Giles does decide he is going to invite him in, but he walks off camera Grabs crossbow, comes back. Uh-huh. 
And while he's off camera, uh, Angel is like, uh, you you have to invite me in. He's like, oh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way Giles forgot. Right. <laughs> I half expected him to just have the conversation in the doorway. Yeah, I That would have been the smarter way to go, really. Because yeah. um, now he has the standing invite into your house again. Yep. Which you would have to do another spell to reverse... Which, I don't even know. Can you do that twice? I hope so. Fucking hope so. So, after Angel explains that he needs to know why he was brought back, and Giles has a line, So, knowing why you're here would give you peace of mind. Is that something you ought to have? To be rather blunt, the last time you became complacent about your existence, it turned out uh, rather badly. And he's not wrong! He's not wrong! And then Angel has Wiggins 2.0. Yeah, uh, sees Miss Calendar. Uh-huh. And holy shit, can that woman do a stare down that just fucking makes your skin crawl. Also, Anthony Stewart Head is really good at looking past a person. Right? Because I know they oh, didn't yeah. do any sort of special effects to where... Oh, no. No, he was obviously just like... she. Jenny was all but hanging on... On Giles. Oh, yeah. She was all up in his shit. And Anthony Stewart Head did so fucking well acting like she wasn't there. Yeah, staring through a person. Fucking impressive. Right in front of his face. But Miss Calendar doesn't say anything. She's just glaring at Angel. Mm -hmm. And, like, glaring at him as he bolts out the door. Chanting, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, not really chanting, but, you know, you know what I mean. Yep. Cut to the mansion. Angel has another dream about his past. Yeah, he's eating a servant girl. Yep. And then Buffy busts down the fabric of reality and she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You missed the part where he was eating a servant girl with a 70s mustache. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) My bad. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. It's not Angel that's evil. It's the mustache. And he was drinking Kool-Aid or he was drinking blood instead of Kool-Aid. Yeah. So, oh yeah, no, this just proves the uh, alternate reality theory that if they have a beard or a goatee, they must be the evil one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, community and Star Trek. Abed is right. He is. Always. Cool. Except about Nicolas Cage. Well, (laughs) no, he was right about Nicolas Cage too, because he couldn't make a decision. Is Nicolas Cage a bad actor? Sometimes. Is he a really good actor? Sometimes he's shit. But, you know, that's okay. We all make Only mistakes. Only Nicolas Cage can be both. <laughs> right. Anyway, this dream is particularly interesting because Buffy had it too. Angel wakes up. He's in his manor. And Miss Calendar shows up again and starts to talk to him. Yeah, well, he's, he's putting a shirt on. And I'm not yep. sure why. I would just... I would never wear a shirt. I think they legitimately just want to show Angel putting on a shirt. They don't necessarily want him to have a shirt on. They don't want him necessarily to not have a shirt on. They want to see him go through the physical movement of putting the shirt on. They just want the act of him putting a shirt on. Right. Because I brood better when I'm getting dressed. Exactly. And it shows his Ripley muscles. Yeah. I mean, if I had Ripley muscles, I might, rather than just go around with a shirt off all the time, I would put a shirt on. People might care more when you're all broody. As it stands, everybody's like, oh, you're broody? I don't give a fuck. Are you in the act of putting a shirt on right now? 
or the act of taking a shirt off. No, you're you're not broody enough. You're, you're shit broody. You're redneck broody. <laughs> nice tan lines on your forearms, <laughs> asshole. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings. Shindig dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage, and hootenanny. Chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. <laughs> but Miss Calendar's talking to him, and he asks her what she well, wants. Well, the apparition that appears to be Miss Calendar. Right. He asks her what she wants, and she says, I want to die in a bed surrounded by fat grandchildren, but I guess that's off the table. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that it's not actually Miss Calendar. Yep. When, well, A... And she starts changing faces all yeah, willy-nilly. Because she turns into Daniel. So this apparition specifically nails it home that she's specifically not trying to make him feel bad, just trying to show him who he is. Yeah. And then morphs into Daniel, did you call him? Yep. Yeah. Cut to the library. Yep. Where Buffy tells Giles about her dream and that she knows that it was specifically Angel's dream that she was seeing. Yes. And kind of impressive that she can tell that. I mean, I've made up tons of random shit in my dreams that... Yeah, that how does I've she know that before. this is a thing that really happened and it's not something that her subconscious is throwing at her? I suspect that it is part of her... The functionality of her having prophetic dreams. And so she might be more aware of her dreams when she's in them. I figure it just felt more like a lucid dream. And also there was that moment where they locked eyes and right. yeah, you, uh, you can kind of tell the difference. Or she would never imagine angel with that fucking mustache. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they, they decide to spend Hanukkah break researching to find out why angel is back and Xander breaks down the wall and he's like, oh, yeah, research. I got nothing better to do. Where's the Kool-Aid? <laughs> and then Willow breaks down the wall. Yes. And research montage. Yes. Got a research montage. <laughs> Real quick cut back to Angel being haunted by his victims. Oh, did that happen? Yeah. Okay. Cut back to the library. Everyone but Giles has fallen asleep. Oh, wait. Um, Are... Are we skipping over Buffy and Willow um, having a brief discussion about Oz? Yes. Okay. Well, before we skip over that, I'm going to go ahead and not skip over that. Okay. Basically, Willow says, I don't know how to make him trust me again. Buffy says, well, Xander has a piece of you that Oz can't touch. And it was like, wow. Um, yeah. Just laying that out there. Came right out and said it, huh? And <laughs> it's about making Oz know that he comes first. And I was like, that's insightful. Yeah. And that's about all there was in that scene. Yep. So, <laughs> Mansion. Yep, mansion, angels being haunted by his victims, cut back to the library. He continues to be terrorized by the Mighty Morphin Power Ghost. <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Ghost. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> we... Uh, I gotta... We gotta remember this when we're actually on season seven. <laughs> yeah. Because <sighs> the first comes back yeah i was the first I was like, is the big bad for season seven was it season seven okay yeah. i was like but i thought it was the, the mayor first is this... the last big bad okay yeah i was like i thought it was the mayor this season yeah all right cool 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 and so cut to the library 
Everyone but Giles is asleep. Buffy is dreaming Angel's dream again. Mm-hmm. Dreaming about them being together. And then Angel eats her. He does. And then the Noah dude show up. Yeah, so they're so they're banging in the dream. Yep. And then he bites her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Mighty Morphin Power Ghost tells him this is why they brought him back. Yep. Right? Yeah. Is that what you just said and I completely missed it? Yep. Cool. Angel wakes up from this dream and the, the Mighty Morphin Power Ghost <laughs> explains to him what she wants. Yes. And this is this is where my problem is. The what she seems to be trying to explain to have him do is to rape Buffy so to get he... rid of his soul. Okay. But that logic doesn't work because if he raped her, that would not get rid of his soul. Yeah, that's not going to make him happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Which I know proves... you can probably chalk this up to the first evil is really just trying to fuck with his head, but sure. it just like the logic here does not compute. Hmm. The plan is dumb. Indubitably. Then we go back to the library. A lot of back and forth here. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, back to the library where Giles finds info on the first evil. Buffy recognizes the no-eyed dudes from the dreams, the bringers, as they're called. Oh, yeah, the harbingers. Yep. Is this... This is before the... Uh, yeah, this would be before Willie's bar. Yep, that's okay. the next scene. Yeah. Buffy and Xander decide to go out and get more information about and try and find the bringers. Mm-hmm. And they go to Willie's bar. Where Xander threatens Willie badly. Yeah. Hey, guys, is there something I can help you with? Yeah, I need a double shot of information, pal. And I was like, wow, that's weak. Yeah. Powerful weak. My favorite couple of lines here, though, between Willie and Xander, uh, we'll call Willie future Xander. <laughs> because they're both just the, the same cut. They're they're cut from the same skeezy cloth. Yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> like if Xander were be, were to become immortal, he could definitely become Willie. If he were ever to be a bartender, he'd be Willie. Maybe. Anyway, I'm gonna give uh, that a good solid heart. Maybe Willie does decide to give some information to Buffy. He he says, "I heard a few things, you know, from the underground." Xander <laughs> replies with, the underground? Uh, yeah, from things that live under underground. the ground. <laughs> and that just makes me chuckle to myself. I loved that line. Yeah, no, that was definitely a fun way to look at it. I also enjoyed when Buffy's saying, we're looking for the Harbingers. They have a no eyes kind of look. Willie says, eh, doesn't ring a bell. And Xander says, how about I ring that bell for you? Does the... Does the threatening come now? <laughs> Turning to Buffy. And then as they're leaving, Willie's like, by the way, you did real good with the threatening. I was very intimidated. <laughs> Willie, don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> Just don't. And Xander was dumb enough to take it as a compliment for realsies. Right. Like, you fucking idiot. Oh, God. Yeah, it was, it was a nice, light, fluffy scene. Definitely. Yeah, it was. With, that we needed. Very much so. Compared to the rest of the episode. And they do learn some information that there is something underground that is scaring the underground. Yes. And Buffy's rather upset because she feels that this puts them back to square one. 
Hmm. But Xander is being the optimistic one here. Because at the very least, he does have faith, for the most part, in Buffy. Oh, like actual faith, not the character faith. I was no. like, what is going on in your head, Rex? <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. That sentence changes a great deal if you think faith as the person. A little bit. He has put faith in Buffy. Yeah. So he's all like, hey. That's disturbing on many levels. <laughs> There's not enough room, man. Oh, oh why God. are we doing this? Okay, moving on. <laughs> they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Cut to Willow's house. Oh, Willow's house. Where Willow... Willow wants to get laid. Let's get it on. I can feel it, babe. Oh, yeah. That, that was awful. Yeah, so she's listening to Barry Manilow. And, uh, Bill, Barry White. Oh, Barry White. My you bad. You made the mistake this time. I did it on purpose, Rex. Because I wasn't Fine. sure you'd remember to bring it up. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't remember it at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I wrote Barry Manilow in my notes. Fun fact, I don't know shit about Barry Manilow or Barry White. I had to school Rex in the difference between Barry Manilow and Barry White, which I only know because of an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Carlton is talking about being into... Barry Manilow, and he's trying to impress a girl, and Will has to lean over and be like, "Dude, you mean you mean Barry White?" And he's like, "Oh, sure," because <laughs> Carlton's a big geek. Yeah, yeah. Well, Carlton is the whitest black guy in the history of yeah. human existence. Yeah, yes, that is correct. Yeah, I did not know that Barry Manilow was white. Yeah. So the trick is. Barry White is black. Barry not white is white. So just, you know, yeah. it's opposite. That might actually help me remember them. <laughs> Unless there's another black Barry, not that it matters. What's funny about it, though, is anytime I think, oh, Barry Manilow, I think Barry White's music. Hmm. And if you said Barry White, I would think of Barry White's music. I don't know what the fuck Barry Manilow's music sounds like. I think Copacabana is one of his songs, but I didn't look it up. So, it's a fun song, though. Copacabana. Yeah, there's a Star Wars uh, Weird Al song about it. At the Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Oh, okay. But it's at, the, the original lyrics to that are, At the Copa, Copacabana. I have heard that song the before. The hottest spot north of Havana. That's very Manilow? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Barry Manilow. Cool. Anyway. Yeah, neat. Willow wants to get it on. She does. <laughs> she specifically says... Well, she's ready to get it on. Right. She specifically says that she wants to take that step with Oz. And she obviously feels that that is the important step that she needs to make to show him that she trusts him and that she deserves their relationship, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, Oz Oz turns her down because he's a, a fucking gentleman and he wants the time that they finally bang to matter. 
uh-huh. and to be uh-huh. something that they both want to do at the time because that is the thing that they want to do at that time, not because that's the step they should take. Uh-huh, 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 uh-uh-uh. Anyway, Oz stands for dramatic gesture. Yeah. Uh, which was well-timed because <laughs> it's Oz and Willow, and they're yep. both amazing at timing. And then, bam, they pop out eight babies in a three-second span. Okay, they just kiss. They Good do. God. They just kiss. Let me have my fantasy. It'll come eventually. Okay. Or re- <laughs> or prematurely. Huh? Uh? They are teenagers. <laughs> Hell. Cut to Buffy's. Yes. Where Joyce is hardcore contributing to global warming. <laughs> <laughs> As we see later <laughs> this episode. So Joyce is like, well, she's putting a log in the fire. And then she's like, maybe I should turn the air conditioning on. Oh, God. Like, do it well for fuck's sake. That's the Christmas spirit right there. Yeah. Specifically, Buffy makes a, a joke of uh, putting a log on the fire to ward off this this heat. Nothing like a cozy hot fire to, to stave off the boiling heat or something. Anyway, so Buffy's busy fiddling with the tree and then Joyce is like, angels on top? And Buffy's like, you shut your mouth! How did you know? But... Joyce was talking about the angel or the star on the tree, and I call bullshit. I think she knew exactly what she was saying. Yeah. <laughs> she knows that her that Buffy's ex is named Angel. Oh, a mother knows. A mother yeah. knows. She fucking knows. Especially one so exceptionally skilled at guilting her daughter. And she's a perv. Right? <laughs> That's why she doesn't want Giles around, because all she can fucking think about is riding the British dude. God damn right. So Buffy chooses the star, obviously, <laughs> yeah. just because she can't bring herself to utter the word angel, and one can scarcely blame her. Yeah, seriously. And then the doorbell rings, and Faith actually shows up. Yeah, with some crappy gifts. Well, we don't actually find out what those gifts are. Which is very unfortunate, but she keeps calling them crappy. I really wanted to find out what they were. Yeah, now I'm really curious. Because I suspect that they actually weren't. I don't know. I think it'd be funnier funnier if they actually were crappy. Like dollar I, store junk. No, I suspect because of the shape and size, I suspect that the one that she had wrapped for Buffy was a fucking steak. I think it was a wooden steak. Yeah? Yeah, it was, it was about the size of a wooden steak. I don't remember. One and, one looked like a small paperback book. The other one looked scarcely larger than a pencil. It's a little bit long, larger than a pencil. I'll take your word for it. I don't recall. So Buffy goes upstairs to a room to get gifts. And Angel's in her room. And he is having a graduated Wiggins this time. <laughs> what do you call a graduated Wiggins? We need a new word. Wiggins is just not enough of a word for this. And Uber Wiggins. Uh, a Wigamundo. That works. There we go. <laughs> he is all kinds of delirious and confused and staring hard at her neck. Oh, and he, he wants to lick Buffy like a popsicle. <laughs> yeah, or at he least, does. Or at least the first is goading Angel to lick Buffy, Buffy like a popsicle. Yeah. The first is trying to get him to feed on her, and rather than 
feet on Buffy, he bolts and dives headfirst out the fucking window. <laughs> headfirst. That was crazy shit. Oh, it was so fantastic. Yeah. He's like, get away from me! And headfirst through the window, it's like, dude, you came to her house. Anyway, so Buffy's worried, understandably. She yep. puts Faith on mom duty. Yep. Uh, or as Faith calls it, she'll play watchdog. And Buffy runs off to, I don't know, I assumed find Angel, but then she ends up at Giles' house. Not even Giles knows what to do. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's super unhelpful in this scene. <laughs> he really is. Like, the, this is the least helpful version of Giles that has ever happened. He's like, but you may have to kill Angel again if shit goes south. He's like, gosh. Duh! Fucking thanks. <laughs> God. And did you have anything else on that one? I'm good. No, no, moving on. Cool. To the mansion. Yes, it's time to listen. The guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Cut to Angel. He's planning to kill himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Angel's like, I don't want to. First is like, but you gotta. He's like, no, uh. First is like, sooner or later you will drink her. And I'm like, whoa, easy there. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah, really. Fuck a doodle do. <laughs> or fuck I... a doodle don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I wish that could be our title. <laughs> yeah. Too much, too much of a fuck in that one. Yeah, yeah. Fuck a doodle don't. <laughs> oh my god, that is so fantastic. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. that completely derailed my train of thought. <laughs> so yeah, so the first is like uh, sooner or later you will drink her, and I'm like, whoa, evil, evil, <laughs> evil, <laughs> hellfire, hellfire. And there's a nice little garden path. <laughs> and then beyond that evil! <laughs> and no, that to look into my face is to look into the face of evil. Oh, and don't forget to call your mom today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Angel sets out to kill himself. She's like, oh, you're not strong enough to do that. And he's like, I don't have to be strong. I just have to fucking watch the fucking sunrise. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go kill myself. Man, the first is like, no, no, don't do that. No. And I just have to say that if you were living in a place where you want, where you were a vampire and you wanted to kill yourself, Spike was right. This place has a lot of sunlight for that. Oh, right. Yeah. That was his first big issue with yeah. that place. You're right. It's perfect for being a vampire who wants to kill himself via sunrise. Yeah. And what's more what's more fucking metal and broody <laughs> than living in constant mortal danger? Exactly. Because you want it. <laughs> right? I need a place to live where I can be so extra broody. <laughs> I could die if I fall asleep drunken in the wrong place because I'm so broody. There's only like three dark corners in the entire building. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I just need to punish myself with all of my broodiness. <laughs> it's the only way I can live with myself. And even then, I still have trouble. 
Because that's how <laughs> fucking broody I am. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Before I die. <laughs> oh, cut to Giles. Giles' house. Buffy's reading a book. And I didn't write down what she actually was reading. But she says, of the book, no wonder you like to read this stuff. It's like reading the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Why did she say that? I didn't understand what she meant by that, because there was something about a two-headed goat, and one of them only speaks in riddles. One of the heads. Well, it's just because it's fucking brain melty and, like, burns your eyes at the imagery. Okay, yeah. Uh, But Giles is reading something, and he thinks it's hogwash, but it turns out that it does have a, a piece of information that is handy to Buffy because she found the fucking Christmas trees. It brings everything full circle from the beginning of the episode with the Christmas trees. Nothing shall grow above or below wherever these harbingers of death are. And cut to the tree lot. Buffy breaks through the gate and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but she forgot the fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. So she had to axe her way through the goddamn earth to go down and find them motherfucking harbingers of death to get herself some Kool-Aid. Yeah. But that took me a long time to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I made it worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> so. She walks in. They're was, sitting there chanting. It was super handy that there were only three dead trees. Right. That's specifically like. Making it as mathematically easy as possible to triangulate the exact spot where she should dig. I kind of wanted to count the trees when you first see them in the beginning of the episode to when you see them now to see if the dude sold one. See if anybody bought the trees, yeah. <laughs> Bad form on their part for camping under a place that has something that can die. Like, camp under a fucking parking lot. Well, I mean... I don't think they did that on purpose. They probably got there through the caves or the sewer system. It's not like they dug down through there. Civic planning, for fuck's sake. There are maps and shit. <laughs> you can't tell me there's not maps of the underground made by the people who live in the underground. Well, we should find them and we should flog them, assuming that you brought the wet noodles. Oh, I didn't this time. Well, for fuck's sake, Rex. What are you even complaining about? Anyway, Buffy breaks in like the Kool-Aid man and <laughs> says to the chanting people, she's like, all right, 10 more minutes of chanting and you guys have to go to bed. Yeah. And they fight. And then the first shows up. Yep. She clears off the altar. The first shows up, turns into a giant fucking demon thing. So did she kill the Harbingers? No. Did they just kind of run off? Yeah. Okay. He, She destroyed their ritual. Yeah. Which I guess is good enough. Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember a kill shot. I don't know if they are human. I suspect they're human. Uh, so they're like, they're cultists. They're, I assumed they were... They're members of the cult of the first evil, I guess. Okay, possibly. I was assuming they were some kind of demon. But they didn't really clarify. Yeah. Maybe she didn't kill them because they're actually human? I don't know. It sounds like something to Google. Yeah. So the first is talking about how evil she is. Yep. She is almost as evil as Angel is broody. So she's, she's bragging to Buffy. She's like, 
do you know who I am? She's like, I'm the first evil. <laughs> the first evil. Beyond sin. Beyond death. I am the thing that darkness fears. <laughs> You'll never see me, but I am everywhere. Every being. Every thought. Every drop of hate. And Buffy's like, all right, I get it. You're evil. Do we have to chat about it all day? <laughs> this made me think of Darkwing Duck, actually. Right? I am the terror that flaps in the night. <laughs> yes. I am the gum that is stuck to your shoe. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the first is like, you have no idea what you're dealing with. Let me guess. Is it evil? <laughs> evil. Evil, evil liar. Dirty, dirty liar. <laughs> yep. We, we're going to need, we need to tweet that, that. Yeah, clip. so we're going to tweet a link to the <laughs> skit that we're referencing because it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it and if changed, you haven't seen it... It changed my life, yeah. and I hope it changes yours. I saw this thing back in college. It's like... From Kids the, in the Hall? Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall. The yeah. sketch is called... Or you can just look it up if you're listening. Uh, Kids in the Hall Evil? Hecubus. Hecubus. Some, something about Hecubus. Hecubus, yeah. We're going to link to it, so just check yeah. our Twitter. Uh, cut to Angels... Oh wait, no! It was it was or, kind of amazing sorry. when Buffy's like, "Let me guess, is it evil? Dead by sunrise!" Fuck <laughs> <laughs> The first flips out. She's like, she cannot even handle Buffy's biting wit. I don't know if it's take me seriously, right? Like, how dare you not tremble at my presence? Exactly. It was kind of amazing. I enjoyed it. So to, so to the mansion. Yeah, to the mansion. Buffy goes to save Angel. Apparently vampires can smell the sunrise coming. Yeah, that's neat. Well, I mean, it's kind of similar, I think, to how we can you can smell when it's going to rain. I Yeah, okay, yeah. It's really interesting, though. Yeah, because and that has something to do with mold spores opening up, I think, I heard. It, which doesn't explain to me why it smells good. I don't remember all the science behind it. And it doesn't explain there, why it smells good, but it's a thing. It's called Petrichor. Hmm. And there is an exceptional amount of ridiculous science that goes into that smell. You're smelling like 50 fucking different things. One of which is mold spores. Hmm. Cool. Angel is a broody tortured soul. Very, very broody. Very, very tortured. I think we need a dramatic reading, Rex. <laughs> I think it is time for a dramatic <laughs> reading. I can't even decide where to start, but my hands <laughs> were aching from writing down this whole fucking scene. I do have to say that any time that Buffy is like, you have the power to do good and like trying to like talk to him about like, you're meant for a thing. And the thing, this whole fucking episode is all about, you need your own TV show. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? I can't imagine. Angel. Her whole speech is about convincing him to get his own TV show. That is a ridiculous thought. <laughs> Boy, I sure would watch that. All right, Josh. It's time for a dramatic reading. 
A dramatic reading, Rex. Yes, a dramatic reading. Why, gosh, I wish I had thought of that all by myself. You did. Oh, cool. (laughs) I can't do it again, Buffy. I can't become a killer. Then fight it. (laughs) It's too hard. Giggity. (laughs) Angel, please, you have to get inside. Also giggity. (laughs) It told me to kill you. You were in the dream, you know. It told me to lose my soul and become a monster again. I know, but what it told you doesn't matter. I want to take comfort in you, and I know it'll cost me my soul, and a part of me doesn't care. Like, whoa. (laughs) I'm weak, Buffy. I've never been anything else. It's not the demon in me that needs killing Buffy. It's the man. (laughs) You're weak. Everybody is. Everybody fails. Maybe this evil did bring you back. It's because it needs you. And that means you can hurt it. Angel, you have the power to do real good. Like a primetime television show. All of your own. To make amends. Episode title. But if you die now, then all that you ever were was a monster. Angel, please... The sun is coming up. Just go. I won't. (laughs) What do you think this is? Simple? You think that there's an easy answer? You can never understand what I've done. Because I'm so broody, Buffy. (laughs) Now go. (laughs) I'm staying here. I won't leave you. Leave. And they fight. How in the fuck can you do that with a straight face? (laughs) Oh, my face hurts. (laughs) I am very glad you enjoyed my dramatic reading of Buffy and Angel. There goes that entire page of notes. (laughs) (laughs) So, they have some more dramatic shit. It was, hey, now you've got too much to live for. Don't do it. And I love you. And it it bothers me how much I love you and stuff. Yeah. And and then it starts to snow. And the snow is what changes his fucking mind, I guess? I don't fucking know. I mean, that's global warming for you. (laughs) Yep. It's all Joyce's (laughs) fault. Yes. (laughs) Fucking burning logs while running the air conditioning. Yeah, what the fuck? Fuck, come on. Come on. Uh, so, Sunnydale turns into a magical winter fucking wonderland. It snows like fucking Michigan there. And that snow on the road looked so fake. Right? As Buffy and Angel were walking down the road at the end. And we know this because we live in fucking Michigan. We've seen a <laughs> lot of fucking snow. We have lived through, oh, it's a beautiful day. Snow fucking everywhere. For two weeks, like, fucking north of the wall. Yeah, the the problem, the reason the snow on the road looked so fake was it was lumpy. Real snow it, falls smooth. Yeah, it would not be that fucking lumpy. It looked like they were in the mall with a... Yeah. There should have been a big chair for Santa. <laughs> anyway. No! It's Keanu Reeves! Oh, I'm sorry. A big chair for Santa Reeves. There, There you go. Kiana Kringle. Yes. 
Keanu Kringle. There we go. Ger arg. Ger fucking arg. Dig this. Dig this. Sire you has a wind. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. This just proves that the bad episodes are the good episodes. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad of an episode, but it definitely gave us quite a bit of material uh, to work with, I felt like. I thought it was fucking boring. Yeah? I, nothing fucking happens! Yeah, I definitely even kind of zoned out a couple of times and was like, oh shit, I need to back up, and it didn't take me that long to go back and get the notes that I needed. What ha- What changes in this episode? Literally the only thing that changes in this episode is Willow and Oz get back together. Oh, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. I mean, how long did Buffy really stop seeing Angel? Obviously, they're kind of on, kind of sort of on better terms now. Literally, the only thing that makes this episode worth anything is the fact that the first evil comes back as the big bad in seventh season. Yeah, they introduced a new potential bad guy that they do end up using later. And that's awesome. I Like, that... That extreme amount of foreshadowing is just fucking amazing. But if they didn't choose to do that in the seventh season, this episode would be total fucking throwaway shit. I guess for a super nerd, you could say that this episode added a fair deal to the dynamic between Buffy and Angel's relationship and, you know, gave us a lot of... Uh, actual words to dissect if one were really interested in digging that deep into the lore of the characters and how they interact with one another. And also, I think think this brought us a step closer to Giles being okay with Angel again. Okay, I will give you that one. Giles does seem a little bit remorseful when he, he is telling Buffy that you might have to kill Angel. He Again. did, very much so. And he had a great deal of sympathy. And I, again, this is something we didn't discuss during the episode, but I kind of wanted to touch on it. Why is he pissed at Angel the man? It was exactly. Angel Angelus, the demon that killed your girlfriend exactly. and tortured you. And do you know this? That's my biggest problem with how Xander reacts to Angel. It's like it wasn't him every fucking time stop acting like it's the same fucking person Ugh. it's not fucking lucifer or negan here guys it's not <sighs> jesus anyway overall i don't think i actually liked the episode yeah i thought it was boring i guess it was uh it was also way cheesy in not a good way. The yeah. whole ending with, oh, it's it's snowing now, so everything is fine. Well, they were stretching with as long of that. That wasn't even half of their speech that I did for the dramatic reading. Oh, I know. And then they ended it with, oh, everything's fine because it started snowing. Excuse me? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bullshit cop-out ending and kind of an insubstantial episode. I didn't feel like it was Okay, it was kind of boring. I didn't dislike it, but it was kind of boring. I'd say in the overall scheme of the pacing of the season, this was a low point, sure. Yeah. But I still, you know, just kind of enjoy hanging out with the characters, you know? 
the next episode better fucking be main story arc because this is the third episode in a row that is basically a creature of the week and the next episode better fucking be something with the main season arc. Right. Well, we I mean, we're balls deep mid-season. Yeah. And we're still not even technically halfway through the season. We got one more episode before we can say that. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day goes to Buffy. It's during her conversation with the first the first evil. The first says, "You have no idea what you're dealing with." And Buffy says, "Let me guess." Is it evil? <laughs> I knew when I was watching the episode and her delivery of that line, I'm like, Josh is going to fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that skit so much. And it's just quintessential. That's classic Buffy right there. Just that. It really is. Yada, yada, yada. Same old shit. Can I kill you now? I fucking yep. love it. I'm going to have to go with very beginning of the episode. They ask Willow what she's doing for Christmas break and her response of being Jewish. Remember, people, not everyone worships Santa. Yeah. And that's important to keep in mind. Not everybody worships Santa. Some people worship Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Thank you very much. Keanu Reeves is the, the true, the true religion. He will save your goddamn day. Yeah. And your life and your eternity. If you send him a check for five dollars. Did I play for you his his answer to the question of what happens when you die? Yes. Something about I know I just know that a lot of people who love you will miss you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that Best a fucking possible answer? That is a wonderful fucking answer. And that is why we worship Keanu Reeves. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> We're scum. We suck. <sighs> What's your? Oh, you already did your quote yeah. of the day. Be excellent to each other. There it is. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Also, be excellent to yourself. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, especially review us on iTunes. We love iTunes reviews. Hey, Rex, speaking of iTunes reviews, don't we have a t-shirt contest going on? We do have a t-shirt contest going on. That's right. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Rex. Just go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash beer with Buffy to check out the full set of rules. Also, you can always send us questions, comments, concerns in an email at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. As always, thank you to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for our opening, closing, and transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Be excellent to each other. Can Mike Myers be a lesser god in this religion? No!
done why are we watching this 